Hello and welcome to the BNP Paribas Markets 360 podcast. We cover the topics that matter from the global economy to market strategy. Hello, I'm Trevor Allen, Head of Sustainability Research at Markets 360. And today I'm joined by Sumati Semblevoy-Jane, Sustainability Research Analyst on my team. It's Thursday morning here in London, the 12th of January, 2023. First of all, we would like to wish you a happy new year and kick off 2023 with an outlook for you on the green bond market. 2022 has been challenging, but it has taught us some valuable lessons and paved the way for some positive developments as well. It has pushed investors to look for alpha, i.e. for differentiation and opportunity. And in the bond space, this has really meant looking for credibility in the issuer's strategy and the impact of the bond's use of proceeds and associated KPIs. This legacy will remain in 2023, inviting sectors to, inviting more sectors to enter the space, with investors looking to also diversify away from mostly utilities and financials currently dominating green bond funds. Sumati, can you run us through our expectations for the year for bond markets briefly? As you mentioned, 2022 did shed light on some cracks. After a doubling in green bond issuance in 2021 to half a trillion, the market saw its first contraction in 2022. But in 2023, we do expect global green bond issuance uh, to recover and potentially exceed 2021 level as transition remains a priority. As investors return to bond markets, we should see a more favorable environment for green bonds in turn as well. Even in 2022, the global green bond index suffered less than the global corporate index, despite the former being composed of 90% of corporate bonds. This can reflect a more buy and hold nature of investors in the green space, and demand is not going away. The one place in the ESG bond space where we are more bearish in, in 2023 is social bonds. With a big portion of the world reopened and workforce back at work, social bond supply suffered most in 2022, being cyclical in nature. Public fiscal space was also tighter. So we do see social bond issuance remaining low and dominated by um, the public sector. Perhaps a good way to put it is that the sustainable bond market is driven by supply and demand, like any market. On the supply side, green bond issuance is a function of green capex. The contraction observed in 2022 issuance was partly ex- explained by the global economic shock the energy crisis had caused, putting an end to a period of significantly low rates and bullish markets. It also sent a reality check into renewable energy goals. Lack of storage capacity, permitting delays, geographic concentration of supply chains, and uncertain government action to regulate energy prices have been other key headwinds for green capex spending. But the energy crisis has also highlighted the urgency to scale up much cheaper renewables and improve energy efficiency. And we saw new entrants to the market, such as sovereign issuance from Canada and Singapore. On balance, what does it mean? A similar boom in green bond issuance to 2021 is very unlikely, but a recovery from 2022, from the low levels we saw in 2022, is definitely on the cards. Again, this year, we should see other sovereigns enter the space, such as India and Greece. On the demand side, the market will be supported by inflows into fixed income as the asset class recovers from last year's sell-off. 
A move away from general ESG investing into thematics will shape the market through the demand angle we think, too. Investors here will increasingly look for a more diversified use of proceeds and how a bond issuer's overall business strategy aligns with the values of their funds, or said differently, how green spending translates into business strategy in order to identify companies who are truly transitioning. Trevor, you set out a great framework to approach the question, and it becomes clear that Europe and Asia are best placed to outperform in that regard. In Europe, we expect higher volumes from both the public sector and corporates. The public sector will continue to be a key enabler in the green space. So official announcements from European member states already point to higher green bond issuance and the longer average maturity of issuance as well. What's more, we'll see greater joint green borrowing under the EU's Next Generation EU program. So only 6% of the green pillars, milestones and targets set by member states in their recovery and resilience plans have been achieved so far and lagging project completions in other areas. On the corporate side, utilities have stepped up their game in recent years and their share of green in their total outstanding has kept rising, reaching almost 25%. Nonetheless, we do see a risk that Europe falls behind its uh, longer-term goals, that of, for example, setting up 600 gigawatts of solar capacity by 2030. Given the setbacks the industry is facing, uh, we definitely need grid connectivity, permitting, and storage development to increase to see more capacity uh, coming online. While other financing tools exist beyond green bonds, we don't see an acceleration fast enough to stay on track in the short term. It's more consistency that we're observing. On the demand side, green bonds are increasingly becoming an instrument of choice. While initially sought after mainly by pension funds and insurers, the boom in ESG asset management has led to a substantial rise in demand. Regulations are also making vanilla green bonds the most secure ESG investment, with others deemed more risky. But better guidance and data should help foster diversity of products. On the China side, so China increased its share of the green bond pie in 2022, despite its own domestic challenges. China represents more than a third of global solar energy generation now, from just 4% in 2012 and dominates over 80% of solar parts manufacturing. This has translated to a substantial growth in green bond issuance, of which more than half has come from financials. And it's met with increased demand, notably because China has aligned its green taxonomy with international standards recently. In contrast, we see the US lagging other regions in 2023. The US Inflation Reduction Act has lifted the outlook for renewable energy capacity additions this decade, but we don't see it translating into higher green bond issuance this year. Most US issuance comes from financials and utilities, and thus very little from the public sector, and we don't see the RA changing the drivers for issuance this year. Um, renewables are already cost competitive. That's a good point, Samati. Green CapEx is inherently driven by what is economically viable. That's also why 80% of green bond proceeds have been focused towards energy, buildings, and transportation. But this has scope to change, influenced by the demand side. Investors are becoming more sophisticated in asking for credible green strategies at the issuer level. 
beyond just use of proceeds and on a wider set of environmental issues. In 2022, we saw the theme of biodiversity rising in importance, and we think this momentum will eventually filter through to the sustainable bond space as well, particularly as corporate investment in the biodiversity space increases. For example, it's only now that water and waste sectors are really getting more attention, with, a, with the circular economy now a key buzzword in the space. But such a shift calls for better transparency and more innovation. Sustainability-linked bonds showed promise, but they received some backlash last year. We think, this, we think it is still an instrument of choice if the goals are ambitious, aligned to science-based targets, and the path to achieve those targets is transparent. That is, do companies disclose whether they're using carbon offsets or not? And do they disclose whether a proper assessment has been done on the impact they could have on biodiversity? Still on the idea of innovation, we might see the resurrection of the transition bond. China and Japan already have corporates looking at this type of issuance, and global oil and gas explorers could start to look at this framework as well. The upside is that it would be an acknowledgement that companies are at different stages of transitioning, and that some who are at the very early points need to attract funding for their transition, but struggle to do so under green and sustainably linked bonds frameworks. It's likely to grow foremost in Asia as transition bonds principal guidance is not provided by ICMA for now yet. Very interesting, Sumati. Let's see how transition bonds are received by investors. That's all for us today. Stay tuned for more updates in this space from the sustainability team at Markets360. This communication does not constitute research, a recommendation, or any form of advice from BNP Paribas or its affiliates. It does not consider your financial circumstances or objectives, and it may not be suitable for you. It should not be copied or reproduced in whole or in part.